Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Elemental Philosophorum. We have with us, as usual, Mark Steves from Altmedia United. Brother, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great, dude. And, uh, you know, Cam is very busy today with a couch and his lady. So we're going to rock this one, just the two of us. And, uh, yeah, this is awesome. I feel like we talked a little bit about magnetism last time and in the first episode. And, and this element that we're going to be discussing today was found due to its magnetic properties in another mineral, an oxide, and it was discovered in like the 1700s by a, a British priest, right? And this guy discovered titanium. It was interesting because they weren't able to really use it in large quantities until a couple hundred years later when they were using magnesium to sort of get the titanium out of these oxides and they created something called sponge titanium which is interesting i i don't know the i, I guess it's like a sort of the raw material this loose porous sponge-like oxide or oxidized metal little ingots you know if you've ever yeah. been to a gem or mineral shop, you might have seen like maybe black tourmaline kind of looks like this a little bit. Yes. And and then they, as we discussed in the last episode, they melt it down, create an alloy out of it, and mm -hmm. thus titanium was formed. And I think titanium, the reason I picked it, and I'm hoping this yields some fruit because... You know, when we go into the conspiracy realm and we're learning about all the strange stuff in maybe the Bible, not that I'm Christian, you hear the Nephilim, you hear giants, you hear titans, yes. you know. So it's interesting that this metal got the name titanium, most likely because of its strength. That is a very, very interesting point to, to bring up. I didn't even think of that. I mean, I know you're, again, you come, you bring to the table in these episodes very strongly, like the esoteric aspect, the, the breaking down of the words and all that. And that's, that's phenomenal because I mean, I'm more, I brought more of the, the aspect of it to, to the titanium element this episode, but wow. Yeah. I didn't even think of that going back to the, the Nephilims, the giants, the Anunnaki titanium deriving from again, English deriving from Latin. And we see, if I can add to that, we see instances of eyewitness accounts and interactions of human-like or human-looking extraterrestrials coming off of their craft and speaking Latin, which mm. is interesting because, again, it shows that there's clearly some type of connection to the people of human ancestry pertaining to people, again, different extraterrestrials that have picked up on the Latin language or maybe even taught our ancestors Latin. And for that to be... Uh, derivative of the word titanium that's a very very interesting point to make mm. yeah it's uh it's definitely you know a practice that i use when i'm looking into these things is like okay well what does the root word what is the prefix the suffix and how does that connect into the overall meaning or interpretation for this word it's also interesting that Titanium is described as a space metal because it is at most at home in oxygen-free environments. And then, you know, if we're going to wrap that Titan Nephilim thing into there, it's like, yeah, what they come from space, allegedly, or they come from elsewhere, right? Anunnaki. And so, well, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> 
I just wanted to say, just to add to that too, and, and before you go on, the again, the most probably the most popular story, not just in the UFO community, but around the world really, is the Roswell crash. Now, again, it, let's put aside for a second whether or not that was the first crash in modern human history and things like this. Even though you know there's evidence of them going, you know, these flying discs going back many thousands of years, but the picked up and obtained and harvested from that crash in Roswell was in fact a what has been classified as a titanium alloy metal or memory metal if you will Mm. memory metal meaning that if you the metal was so thin and i mean we can talk lieutenant colonel marcel colonel philip corso you name it but the metal was so sophisticated in the sense that it's been described that colonel philip corso said you can like crumple it up and then just drop it and then it will automatically unfold itself back to the way it, in its its original form was but its original form is not just a laid out material it's it, it's the form in which these extraterrestrial beings seem to like sort of melded into it's like something within that metal knew this is my original form and no matter which way it gets crumpled or what have you this is the way it's going to go back mm. yeah yeah it's definitely bringing to mind uh black and white sort of sepia photos of Roswell where you see this like it looked almost like tinfoil or what that guy remember that weird news story of the the kid who like flew away in an air balloon a hot air balloon and it was in fact like some kind of mylar UFO type lookalike that this guy was trying to create and i don't know if he actually put his kid in there because you know the media is shady and especially when it comes to stories about children there's some weird stuff so i don't know what the details were behind that news story but it's bringing that whole thing to mind like this thin almost uh like a kite type of metal Right. Yes. And if I could say too, as well, according to ufoexplorations.com, we see here, and for those that follow that our show, at least fairly closely, you'll know that I've been speaking a lot about Battelle Corporation and Jacques Vallée recently, which only corroborates this. And I quote, in the months immediately following the Roswell crash, the Air Force contracted Battelle Memorial Institute to perform first ever work on novel titanium alloys. This included work on development of titanium and nickel alloy, the basis for what's called memory metal today and similar to some of the debris reported at Roswell. Four Wright-Patterson sponsored technical studies on memory metal in later decades cited a 1949 Battelle report on nickel and titanium alloy. Nickel and titanium are used to create nitinol or nitinol, the premier memory metal on earth. The fact that that 1949 report was referenced in shape recovery alloy research years later shows that somehow Battelle tell the Battelle report had a direct application and association to the memory metal subject. An earlier 1948 report was also uncovered that dealt with similar material uh, material issues, end quote. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely even before, you know, we go too far into the space world, it's used in yeah. nuclear submarines, it's used in aircraft. So we know titanium is utilized even in the sort of above or outside of black budget type stuff. But yes. to go back to the, the name, it was a German chemist by the name of Martin Heinrich Klaproth. And he named this unknown metal substance after the Titans, the Greek 
version of the Titans. And why it doesn't really say, maybe we can find more info. But he was studying uh, rutile, so that's like a mineral that has titanium in it. But, you know, given what we talked about last week with the meteoric iron, I wouldn't be surprised if titanium is the result of asteroid impacts, you know, like it's found in these sort of areas where there's a high amount of meteor impacts. That's my kind of guess, I guess. Well, you see, what's very interesting about all of this too, is that we find again, having to do with these, these certain very secretive projects, mining on the moon mining on different planets, different comets. I can't help but think that again, if this titanium or memory metal is some, is something of significant value, no matter how, how available titanium is on any planet on, or on every planet or what have you star comet, you name it. I can't help but think that it's never, especially from a, a human element, even maybe an extraterrestrial one or interdimensional one, enough is never enough, not necessarily in a bad way. But if this type of titanium material is as significant as is being presented, whether from my perspective or Mark's perspective, it, it clearly seems to be something that we can't go without, whether it's within commercial industry today, whether it's like you said, Mark, um, very strongly, you know, hundreds of years ago, why it was named that there's, I think there's too many components and angles and elements to this, that, that factor in, like you said, used in nuclear submarines. uh, It's just something we cannot, uh, we cannot go without in many ways. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, used in all of those areas where, these guys, these players, like the Battelle, did you say Battelle Corporation? Battelle Corporation, yes, correct, yeah. We go into them a little more and and how they connect to titanium? Maybe I, I'm... Yeah, sh- sure. So the Battelle Memorial Institute, if I pull up the official definition over here of what they do, I mean, I always make the joke on my show that they, they sort of, they're one of those institutions that are very vague in what they do. They are, according to Wikipedia, a private nonprofit applied science and technology development company headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. According to their website, Battelle.org, we see over here very quick. Let's oh, accidentally that took me to another link. Anyways, what they essentially do is they analyze metals and they claim that, you know, they're very revolutionary in the here we go is a global research and development organization to uh, committed to science and technology for the greater good. At Battelle, it can be done. So again, this is one of those things I say on the show that you kind of read those things and you go like, what part of my English? What the fuck? Like, what did they tell us? <laughs> they didn't tell us anything. You know, they, they're mm. a nonprofit where they get their funding from. Again, God knows. And even if we do find the funding and the financial transactions, it's, it's going to tie back to something that is, again, going to just lead down more rabbit holes that connect to titanium. So mm. it, it's, it's just a constant circle. I mean, I would argue that the value of it is, is more important at a secretive level than that of the, the, the current, like, you know, fiat currency that we have. Mm. Yeah. I'm finding something now about mysterious, like orb of, with like a plug on one side, I'll share my screen. Um, sure. This, oh, you disabled it. You got to allow me oh. to do it. Oh, sorry. Oh, no here worries. We go. Hold on. No worries. But yeah, so they found this mysterious titanium sphere in their backyard in this like, you know, farm, wherever. But it's interesting that, you know, okay, so it's saying it was a part of a, a Chinese rocket, this this titanium sphere. So yeah, it's used in weaponry. It's used because it has such a low density and a low weight. It's, it's interesting that it's kind of 
featured as like a space oddity, you know, but it's really, it's saying that these are coming from man-made satellites and whatnot, like space junk, you know, titanium is being found in various places. Like here's another story in the Bahamas where they find a, a titanium sphere with mysterious Russian inscriptions on it. Well, I think that's just evidence of maybe them flying stuff around in upper atmosphere or maybe even space. Sorry, I'm trying to, unfortunately, for some reason, it's not letting me give you permission to share your screen. Um, did you want to send it over to me on the Zoom chat here? I can put it up on my end if... Yeah, that works too. Perfect, sweet. We see here very quickly, I wanted to bring up as well, according to visiontimes.com, what we'll find here is that the Defense Intelligence Agency took three years to respond to Mr. Bregalia's FOIA request pertaining to, again, memory metal and things like this. Now, the released documents reveal exciting technical applications that, quote, uh, will change the way our lives are lived, according to Mr. Bregalia in his blog post. The PDF documents mentioned are metamaterial, quote, metamaterials, invisibility, slowing the speed of light, compressing electromagnetic energy, and implanting memory metal in people and other remarkable things. Now, again, the reason why I tie this back directly to, again, uh, uh, titanium is because we see here that, and I quote, it may be able to compress electromagnetic energy, making information and energy storage smaller and increasing their transfer speeds. The material also exhibits tunable residents, which could be used to create energy harvesting technologies that draw energy from the environment or low power electronic devices, end quote. This would make sense in the sense of how, again, you in combination potentially with some other type of apparatus, whether esoteric or more nuts and bolts based, either way, people explaining, you know, when a UFO flies by me, my, my car battery shuts down, you know, but again, right before they get abducted, my radio stops working, my mm. car battery shuts down. And interestingly enough, this is what I find most significant. I personally can attest to a handful of paranormal stories where there have been, for example, you know, soldiers from the medieval times, if you will, that have, again, known to stay their spirit is within a certain vicinity of, of a field or a location geographically, you name it. And as we know, because of, again, for many different reasons, esoterically or what have you, these spirits don't leave a certain area. And some of these spirits, in some cases of some, that some people have told me, were because they're from the, you know, the, the medieval times and they're from many, you know, hundreds of years ago, you name it, certain weapons, maybe not from the medieval times in this case, but that were made of titanium, were these beings were carrying them or these spirits were carrying them. And interestingly enough, I cannot help but think that, again, that same type of, I guess you could say, a, yeah, material or density could be used from an, a spiritual point to infuse and incorporate what we I just referenced in the article there. So we would use titanium as, as, as biological beings to, again, activate the more nuts and bolts aspect of it. Whereas, for example, in, if, if there were some beings, say, that, somehow through the explanation of, of different paranormal occurrences and esoteric occurrences tr became that of a resonating, you know, spirit, if you will, or a ghost, as we know them to be, had some t titanium on them when they biologically died. Mm. What there would be 
to, you know, what would occur there once they were to transfer to the esoteric realm, if they had that on them when they die, because again, these spirits have been known to in, you know, wear the clothing or the, you know, the, the whole apparatus of, of, or kit, if you want to call it of what they had on before they, their physical body passed. Wow. Wow, that's, I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely fitting right into the whole Titan side of it, too, because the Titans were the pre-Olympian Greek gods who were banished, right? So here we got some very busty photos on the yeah, right there. The right, yeah. uh, go down the to the bottom where there's this titanium sphere picture. There it is. Whoa. So that's what they're finding. And it's interesting to go back to titanium and kind of its applications in the military not only uh is it very light like we were saying but when it's exposed to oxygen it creates a ceramic layer of this film an oxide film and that basically heals it the metal right so as it's like flying around in space or whatnot you know if there's a scratch or or whoever you know if this satellite comes back into contact with oxygen let's say that metal will heal itself so you know all the the whole science of satellites i'm not an expert whether they're in space or they're in upper earth atmosphere but it sounds to me like you know for the sake of like aircraft or boats submarines that sort of thing this metal seems to be very durable and heals itself when exposed to oxygen. I mean, that that's very, very strange. And maybe that's why they're finding these complete spheres that fall to the earth because it's not, you know, going to corrode like normal material would when it flies through the atmosphere. You know, the heat and the friction burn it off, whereas it seems like the oxygen is actually healing the titanium so it's like staying like this you know sphere flying through the air now when you mentioned it being used in like ancient weaponry you know to bring it back to the titan connection they're naming it after these groups of god a group of gods who were pre-olympian meaning that they were like the fallen angels or the 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 gods that were cast out of heaven right so so that and then even weirder to get like crazy conspiracy not too crazy but i don't want to insult anybody because i do believe in tartaria but the Titans were the gods who dwelled in Tartarus, which is what everyone's connecting to Tartaria. When you look into Greek myths and legends, they use this word Tartarus for hell. And considering right. ancient cultures and present day cultures do in warfare, they tend to remember, you know, the victor remembers the, the losers for the propaganda rather than the truth. So if Alexander the Great, who was a Greek man, was going out around and, and battling the Tartarians. It wouldn't be kind of far-fetched to to see that the Tartarus would be remembered as their hell in their myths and legends because Tartary was their enemy. You know, the Tartaria was their enemy, so of course they're going to call that place hell. You see the same thing happen with within the box saga with the word Helsinki and how all these pagans were in Helsinki and the, you know, the word for hell might come from, you know, that battle between the Roman Catholic church and the pagans where they're like, Oh yeah, that's hell over there. That's the terrible place where you're going to go. If you die, it's kind of like how we think of third world countries today. Like, Oh yeah, good luck there, you know? And, and I think that it might be a little 
much of a tangent from our topic here, but I think people might find that Tartaria connection interesting for sure. You know, I, I absolutely agree. I, I, I definitely think they will. And I don't think you went off course whatsoever, brother, because I was just going to say you had mentioned just a couple minutes ago about there being sort of like a layer that it puts over itself. Mm, uh, the oxide film. To- the oxide film. If you remember last episode when we were talking about how Jacques Vallée mentioned on Joe Rogan's podcast that some of the material seems to put have some type of very thin layer of film that prevents it from becoming flammable within the the Earth's atmosphere. I can't help but think that there's some type or potential intertwinement there between these materials at the subatomic level to the point where we it's just so sophisticated and advanced that. We don't even know how to do it. I mean, if we look, for example, at some an ex um, a military person who was also a scientist for the military who's passed away now. I don't know if I could say his name publicly, but he had said that he had examined a particular piece of, of metal in I think it was at a branch of Stanford University, if I'm not mistaken. And he had mentioned that he was given the, the, the proper clearances and all that. He was, because of how compartmentalized things were, he obviously wasn't told anything about, you know, it being alien or what have you, but he he was told that it was not from this planet. And when he analyzed the subatomic structure, he realized it was a titanium alloy. And he could, he said for the, for the life of him, he could not understand the the concept even close to the scratching the surface of the concept of that subatomic structure so you know and tying it back to what you said mark about how again back in the day you know the pre-olympian era was named after the the nephilim it could could have been the nephilim or the fallen angels or you know being one in the same or separate it's up for debate but i can't help but think that when you take a look at that it's almost as if these beings, again, this is consistent with history of these ETs or otherworldly beings being here before, not just in this current time. They had this, not that they gave us this material, but that this material they had, it, which was and is titanium, may have been a, a modified version of titanium the same way that we've modified titanium and nickel to you know, create nickel. If right. you want to call it. You see what I'm saying? So, Well, it, it's, it's, a, almost- it's a very, very advanced process to create titanium i mean that's why it hasn't you know it's very relatively recently that we're seeing it utilized in all this technology but you know the just the process uh, i'm looking through it right now but you know you need several other chemicals in order to create what we now would consider titanium the alloy titanium even though it does naturally occur in you know ores and certain places around the world and you know, like we kind of speculated, maybe that's the result of meteors, similar to the way meteoric iron falls to the earth, you know, thus the kind of space connection. But, you know, considering that there's like an ancient connection to titanium being used, it's like, how, you know, this is very advanced, you know, you need chlorine gas, you need to create the the sponge of the titanium first. And then you need to, it says here, at least this is how they do it in modern times with a vacuum arc remelting process and the utilization of a cold hearth furnace. I mean, those might just be fancy words for, for simple things and, and I'm an idiot, but you know, it, it sounds to me like it's pretty complicated to create titanium and, you know, 
How did it end up in ancient times, given the the paradigm that that we're taught? You've you've said you've you've given me you've just set off a light bulb in my head, or at least what I think to be a a light bulb. It it may be nothing, but this is I'm going to try and tie in everything you just said there. So if we're looking here at VisionTimes.com, the again I quoted this just a handful of minutes ago, but we see here the PDF documents mentioned are metamaterials, invisibility, slowing the speed of light, compressing electromagnetic energy, implanting memory metal in people and other remarkable things. Now, if we think about, for example, the way in which, you know, back then, and when I say back then, I'm talking thousands, tens of thousands of years ago, you know, even Nephilim, pre-Olympian era, that whole aspect, pre-Tartaria, even during Tartaria, a lot of what's being discussed here pertaining to slowing the speed of light, compressing electro EMF energy, invisibility, metamaterials would have been considered magic. I can't help but think that directly deriving from this titanium alloy, like you said, being very difficult to make and very meticulous in particular, if you want to, you know, curate it a certain way, like that a gentleman from Stanford that said, I, I could not understand the structure of this whatsoever. Like it was given to me in secrecy. I couldn't get it. I can't help but think that again, This may have been the magical technology or material as a foundation or basis that these ancient beings used to use. And obviously they knew how to curate it to how they wanted, because obviously they were coming and going from this planet, it seemed, in some way or another, right? Maybe the way they got here was not via titanium, but clearly there's enough there to show there was a titanium alloy at the very least that they were utilizing, right? And so I can't help but think that titanium was and still is the springboard for a lot of this technology. Now, if we look, for example, at like Bob Lazar, whether you believe his story or not, one thing we cannot deny is the consistency in what he said compared to uh, many other whistleblowers about the craft of these of, of these beings, regardless of what beings uh, and what craft they have. It's always mentioned that regardless of cube-shaped craft, a cube-shaped craft, excuse me, a pyramid craft, a, a disc craft, there's always, it, it's almost like they're, it, they, it's claimed there's no curvatures. It's almost like someone, what's the term, melted it together, if you want to call it. Just like what you were saying, Mark, very difficult to make. So it's almost, again, at the subatomic level, if you could maneuver or curate titanium or a variation of it, at that subatomic level, you're that's the word melding. You're sort of like melding everything into one solid sort of uh, jello looking like consortium or mm. like, you know, conglomerate. And it seems to be consistent with what these craft are made of, regardless of the species in which it came from. It seems like titanium or a variation of it. But regardless, it, it, titanium being the foundation almost seems like it acts as a springboard for uh, every single or many different ET species with regards to, you know, uh, the ability of it being interdimensional. Let's, mm. we'll get to that in a second, but the, it, it's like almost at least in this dimension, let's just say certain uh, alien civilizations are coming from, you know, uh, the, uh, and the Pleiades or the Andromedan galaxy or Zeta Reticuli or what have you. It's almost like titanium acts as sort of a, a springboard foundation. And the same way that allegedly some of these gray aliens are used as sort of, you know, like when you go to the Apple store to pick out an iphone or something that's the same way these beings go to a certain archive or database to say okay i need this type of assistant for this this expedition and what have you it's like titanium is the the metamaterial version of that Mm. and it's almost and if we look at some of these grays uh, allegedly telling people in the secret space program that some of them are synthetic sentient but also made up of the same material as their craft it only makes me think even more is titanium to the point in which 
is it so complicated or complex to the extent in which you can actually be or infuse yourself with titanium. And I support that with, again, quoting from visiontimes.com, the metamaterials compressing EMF energy, but more specifically implanting memory metal in people, end quote. So I find it interesting to act as a springboard material, maybe, for these beings for their craft. And that's why various different species seem to use the same concept, not always, but in many cases. So again, it, it, that's just my, my perspective as it pertains to them coming and going interdimensionally and titanium acting as sort of a material to, you know, mediate that going from one, not from one place to another in the same dimension. I'm saying from one dimension to another dimension. That is interesting too, because if we tie back to what you said, Mark, about how, again, these gods, if you will, seem to be wearing or inhibiting this material in a very, you know, complex way that we now seem to interpret it as, I can't help but think that there was an understanding that this material was also interdimensional. It, it clearly was convenient enough for these beings to to have and make on this planet or bring from another planet to this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to back that up, I mean, the purity of titanium, it was like a very slow process for them to really figure out how to purify this titanium to a point where it would be applicable in things. It was curiously 1950 to 2010 was when they made the most at least this uh, history of titanium shows that that was the time period when they really made a lot of headway which is just to me adding so much more credence to what you're saying about how you know or at least this because it's like okay when we started interacting possibly with these other beings all of a sudden our titanium production got a lot better i mean it does seem like a coincidence you make a great a great point brother again if we look over here and i included in the dia documents are several pages of advanced technology reports on nitinol a shape recovery alloy that has similar properties to the roswell memory metal brigalia presents a credible case that nitinol uh, brigalia being again the gentleman who tried to get the FOIA request on on titanium alloy from roswell that nitinol is in fact humankind's first attempt to replicate the ufo material now again i want to mention here very quickly general arthur exon base commander at Wright-Patterson in the 1960s, who reportedly flew over the crash site in 1947, stated on tape that part of the wreckage being tested was made of, quote, specially processed titanium, end quote. And that's what, again, to add to what you just said there about how difficult it is to make, specially processed. Again, I can't help but think that that would reinforce uh, my proposal, which could be very wrong, but could be in in the general ballpark of of being somewhat correct of titanium in some variation acting as a springboard, Mm. uh, acting material for them. Whether it's, again, maybe a certain type of titanium needs to be uh, used for interdimensional travel for these beings. Another type is used for, for example, you know, very quick speed of light travel, but not, again, not going from dimension to dimension, just bending space and time to get from one spot in this reality to another spot right right it seems like there could be some various mechanisms that it's used for right yeah it's uh it's definitely strange and then they kind of explain further why they named it titanium and despite you know what most people might say or what you might hear in your general chemistry class it's not named the titan after the titans because of the strength and the you know of titans it was actually this guy he didn't want to and this guy being martin heinrich 
Klaproth, a renowned German chemist. He didn't want to create any erroneous ideas when he discovered these chemicals. He didn't want to name them something that might lead people one way or another. And he named it the Titan because those were the first sons of the earth, right? So maybe his his motivation was to give it a name that didn't kind of create any bias. But, I mean, it's hard to avoid that just strangeness of of like the time of the gods when we were interacting with these otherworldly beings right and and it's named for that time period and then when it comes back into human interaction into our you know toolkit so to speak we're having interaction with new otherworldly beings i mean to your point it's like we're connecting the dots and i think that you know i i kind of just pick these elements out of nowhere like you asked me you're like all right what are we doing this week and i just looked at the the table and i'm like titanium no exactly. thought and and look at all the stuff we find it's it's incredible it's oh absolutely i also wanted to add here too again this is just going off of the physical uh, let me share my screen very quickly physical properties from wikipedia again there's some presuming this is factual there's some very interesting things to note here because i wanted to mention these two paragraphs specifically titanium is not as hard as some grades of heat treated steel but more importantly this year it is non-magnetic and a poor conductor of heat and electricity Machining requires precautions because the material can gall unless sharp tools and proper cooling methods are used. Now, gall means it's a form of wear caused by adhesion between two sliding surfaces. Let's see here. Like steel structures, those made from titanium have a fatigue limit that guarantees longevity in some applications. The metal is, now this is interesting too, is a dimorphic allotrope, and allotrope meaning, just for those that aren't familiar, is the property of some chemical elements to exist in two or more different forms uh, in the same physical state. It It is able to exist in two or more different forms in a physical state of a hexagonal form that changes into a body centered cubic lattice form the specific heat uh, of the A form increases dramatically as it is heated to this transition temperature, but then falls and remains fairly constant for the B form, regardless of temperature, end quote. So in other words, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a physicist, not claiming to you know be an expert in any way. But what I gather from this here is that the fact that it is, again, presuming it's speaking of titanium in the natural form that we perceive it to be in. We don't know if, you know, in other galaxies, if it's different or what have you, but it is non-magnetic and a poor conductor of heat and electricity. A couple things come to mind for me, unless it could be, again, at the subatomic level, restructured, repurposed, re-engineered. We see here, for example, as well, that it has a fatigue limit that guarantees longevity. So again, as we see, for example, some of the people that picked up the, the material from the Roswell crash claimed, oh my God, Gosh, this thing was strong as hell when when but it was super light at the same time and if we take a look at the alien war plans or the project beta document penned by paul i think paul f benowitz if i'm not mistaken again that we looked at from the dark web on our live stream we will also notice too that there's consistency there in the metal and material of that particular alien species and that was a separate species from the species that allegedly crashed at roswell very separate because according to mr benowitz that species had just only arrived as of recently and was solely stationed in new mexico but sorry for the rambling i just wanted to mention as well the metal being a dimorphic allotrope of a hexagonal form or a, a hexagonal a form that changes into a body-centered cubic form. 
again, cube, you know, the, the Saturnarian cube concept, <laughs> right? We see allotrope, meaning that, again, it could be in the same physical state, but some chemical elements ex- exist in, in two or more different forms. And we see here, again, that sort of hexagonal pattern reoccurrence. And we see, again, fractal patterns. We see that occurring again here, hexagonal shapes. I don't think we need to be scientists to say, hold on, there's, you know, fractal patterns everywhere. Why is there a hexagon, if I'm not mistaken, on Mars or uh, is it Mars? Uh, Not Mars, uh, Saturn, excuse me, Saturn. Why is there a hexagon over there that just seems to come out of nature? You know, why in beehives, there's that hexagonal shape or those different types of fractal forms of thinking. So again, it seems like going back to over here as well, pertaining to the ability of this material to, again, create and harvest energy in many different ways. And also we see here, remember itself. I can't help but think that, At the subatomic level, if there's some form of, I don't want to use the word consciousness, but some form of extremely advanced, maybe AI of sorts, that is connecting with these beings that man or operate the the craft, that could explain why they're very, I guess you could say, very connected to the craft and why these beings in some cases say the craft is us and we are the craft. And that's why in some rare, but in some cases, crashed craft have not been able to be manned they've been able to be worked on but not manned even in a telepathic way because certain beings have allegedly like again sort of like the movie avatar with james cameron's avatar when those blue uh, creatures where they jump on the the backs of those dragons and they tie their their hair knot to to the dragon it bonds them there's that unique bond there Mm. and i can't help but think that if there's some type of infusion between the esoteric realm and that being of you know similar to like the god gene concept but within titanium alloy excuse me that there could be some type of emergence and we see again um ultra and i quote ultra high purity titanium necessary to develop memory metal end quote that adds to what you just said to uh, mark brother about again it being highly highly pure so again sorry for the ramble but no no and you're you're bringing us back to what i wanted to cover next which is it's biocompatibility and how it's used in all of these different medical applications, right? I mean, some people listening to this might have titanium in their body right now. You know, if you broke a bone or or you have a replaced bone or something like that, you know, some sort of screw or pin, there's a good chance that they use titanium because they're, you know, like I said, biocompatible. They don't degrade inside of the body. They're not going to rust or anything terrible like that. It's just going to stay as it is in your body, or at least that's what they tell us. And it's also uh, non-ferromagnetic. I think that means it's not going to like respond to iron. It's not going to respond to like a metal detector or anything like that. If you walk through, you know, something or, or, you know, God forbid you're near a huge magnet, you won't get like stuck to it. (laughs) But yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. This also corroborates even more why, again, these beings would use titanium as mm. a springboard for this. Because, again, if it could be altered, that's a great thing, whether maybe for them or for the for their, their craft to move. But like you said, it's almost like there's no, no, it is factual. It seems to be that these UFOs do not respond to or the outer layers of their craft are not affected by basic magnetic, I guess you could say, incursions within the relative to the, the field. The geomagnetic urge. Well, and if you were, if you were, you know, propelling your craft with something that maybe 
you know, utilized the magnetic properties of the earth and whatever propulsion device you're using, you would theoretically maybe want your craft to not be affected by that and kind of just be sort of neutral as the magnetism is doing its work to propel the craft. I think that like shows us a little bit even further into the, the kind of, you know, the properties of titanium, man. Right. Right. And if there is a way that these beings have been able to curate the titanium to the extent where they can open up the titanium to vulnerable electromagnetic incursions and then close it up using that alleged, you know, that ether field they put around their craft or access in, you know, as the sort of like the foundational layer of this dimension, it would make sense because it's interesting to see that we, we look at, for example, Project Starfish Prime, which Lou Elizondo couldn't really comment on, but it, it allegedly had to do with an EMP trying to take down, a, make a UFO just drop over the ocean, over mm. the Pacific. It's interesting because, again, it just goes, and then second time around, it didn't work. So it seems like these beings upgraded their their the resistance that this titanium alloy material on their craft had to responding to EMPs. So it's interesting to see that electromagnetic frequencies could hit it, but it's almost as if it hit it when these beings weren't expecting it. At the same time, it also seemed to also hit the craft at the same time that if if the beings were prepared, seem, seemingly as they did, they were the second time around, the, the, EM, the electromagnetic frequencies and fields from the uh, charges from the EMP went around. So if this was the craft, for example, went around the craft, very similar to what we cited earlier from visiontimes.com relative to what they said about, again, the, you know, bending uh, space and time, bending light waves and and things like this, right? Interestingly enough, I did want to mention as well too, that thanks to you, brother, according to Wikipedia, titanium biocompatibility was first introduced, and I quote, into surgeries in the 1950s after uh, having been used in dentistry for a decade prior. It is now the metal of choice for prosthetics, inner body devices, instrumentation, the whole thing like you were saying. Yeah. Now, again, I can't, before I go, uh, end quote, I can't help but think, again, the 50s, Roswell allegedly happened in 47. The the way in which they said, okay, according to Colonel Corso and others, very quickly, within a matter of months after the Roswell crash, they said, how can we implement this metal in this type of titanium alloy into society? So I'm not saying that Roswell was the direct result of, you know, titanium being used in, in prosthetics and 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 biocompatibility, but I would dare to say that it certainly advanced it to some extent or another. I mean, the, apparently we got from this titanium alloy, we got everything from fiber optics to the integrated circuit. Again, allowing, as we spoke of maybe 20 minutes ago, roughly pertaining to titanium allowing the compression of, of memory and DNA and many different forms of EMF charges. And we know, again, electrical charges, you work with you know computers as we use every day. That allows for a more compact product in the commercial industry. Mm. So again, using a variation of that to be able to compress it in correspondence with the colonels and the lieutenant colonels that said, no, 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 no. We got a lot of this special varied titanium from Roswell. I mean, I'm not saying that's fact because we weren't there, but like you were saying about, again, pre-Olympian era and things like that, the consistency is there. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. I'm finding I'm finding out now that I've had titanium crystals. They're not really crystals. They're called rutilated quartz. So they're crystals with titanium inside of them, I think. It's a rutile, which is what they're using to create titanium. And you could get like quartz 
It's pretty interesting. It looks, it's been called like angel hair quartz and other things like that because it's like these thin gold fibers inside of the quartz and silvery and copper colored. But it's interesting that the rutile is, is found in Africa and all these other places. So it's, it's one of those, um, one of those, what do they call them? Like third world minerals that people are, are in the first world are, are robbing and polluting. And, you know, so it's definitely kind of, and I'm sure when we go further into the table of elements, we'll find this with the computer industry and like the battery industry too. It's like a lot of these minerals are only found in certain places and there becomes this like big, industry around it from like one country in another country like this uh, I, I don't know the proper term i guess they kind of covered it in the economic economic hitman book what's that guy's name john something or other and that you know you know the the topic yeah. and what we're dancing around here i mean you talk about a lot of big corporations the number one corporation that works with titanium is called vsmpo AVISMA, and they're like a huge Russian, you know, multinational company with spots all over, all over the world. But yeah, it seems like a lot of their, these resources come from the third world, which, you know, sadly has a pretty detrimental effect on the environment, on the world. I tend to see things from that macrocosm perspective. And I think titanium is one of these resources or elements on the periodic table of elements that humanity has had a relationship with for much longer than hence hence the name titan (laughs) and hence the the you know connection to the ets i mean it's definitely it's definitely curious i don't know if there's much more on my end to add is Uh, there anything else i mean if, yeah, sure. If we if we wanted to to sort of uh, finish this up or, or top it off, I mean, one thing I would like to add too is I will uh, share my screen here. And this, I to be honest, I think this is be this would be a great way to 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 bring it full circle relative to what you were saying about the Titans and all that. Because if we see here, according to NewAtlas.com, the headline is. 2D material absorbs electromagnetic waves for superior shielding. Now, I'll be honest, I'm probably going to use this in an upcoming episode and I will shout you out because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have even found this. But but interestingly enough, we'll see here too that this was posted in July 23rd, 2020. Again, during the the peak of the the pandemic. So, Mm. you know, take that as you will, the audience. Again, you know, putting things in plain sight right when... uh, Right when other things are, you know, distracting the masses, but right. in and, a quote, and electromagnetic the, interference can. Oh, sorry, Mark. No, no, I I was about to tangent, but to since you asked me, please, please. I mean the the bio implants, transhumanism. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, titanium, yes. and what you just said about how they they aired it, <laughs> they put this story out during while there's this massive distraction going on. It's like, yeah, this is when they're slipping all this transhumanism stuff by us, and it. It's very obvious that titanium is one of those metals that they could very well use in implants or however, whatever they're using. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. And we see here, and I quote, electromagnetic interference can be a serious problem for electronic devices. So shielding is usually placed around components. Now, engineers at Drexel University have found that a 2D material called titanium carbonitride is an excellent shielding material thanks to its ability to absorb rather than reflect electromagnetic waves, end quote. Now, before I go on, this seems to support that whole concept of what we were saying earlier, brother, of not just pure titanium, but a very version or combination of titanium with something else right um now if we see here between such common technologies like radio tv wi-fi bluetooth and cell phone networks emf signals are everywhere but with the airwaves this crowded electronic devices are exposed to a lot of interference which can weaken connections slow down data transfer speeds and impact the overall function of devices now again we can that's up for interpretation from the audience as to you know we know it's used for much more than that but we see here that to prevent this, engineers build shielding materials into devices surrounding vital components. These are often thin film metal fo foils like copper, which reflect the errant signals back into the air. Although they do the job, these materials can add unwanted bulk to a device. Again, before we go on and quote, reinforcing that compression of titanium, being able to infuse more uh, memory, more compact EMF compression within a much smaller space, which could explain how, again, that gentleman from Stanford couldn't understand not just the structure, but how something so small could be so complex from that, that, you know, a shot off piece, a metal of a metallurgy from a craft. But we see here, and I quote, in the quest for shielding materials with a smaller footprint, the Drexel researchers stumbled upon titanium carbonitride. It belongs to a class of two-dimensional materials called X, sorry, M-zines or M-X-zines, I guess, which have previously been shown to be useful in making conductive clays, sprayable antennas, and electrodes that could boost battery recharge speeds. In this case, the team found that sheets of titanium carbonitride, much thinner than human hair, were able to block EMF interference between three and five times better than the copper foil. But the material proved even more useful. The team found that titanium carbonitride actually absorbs the signals rather than reflecting them back out. That means they end up reducing the overall noise in the environment. End quote. I want to I wanna just add one more thing to this, which is that Again, this is the difference between, I guess you could say, science fiction and nonfiction in the sense that when we look at EMF force fields, it's been shown in Star Trek and Star Wars that, you know, they, they put the they put the shields up and then they're getting shot at and their shields weaken the more it's penetrated. According to every single whistleblower that's worked on the, the anti-gravity, you know, a shield propulsion side of things, they've all said uh, and force field side, it, the force fields in real life get stronger because of kinetic energy. You, you, you're hitting it and just basic kinetic energy or even the concept of piezoelectricity, you constantly absorbing, right? And so it's actually getting stronger, which is interesting that we see here, the titanium carbonitride ab absorbs the signals rather than reflects them back out. So again, I mean, you know, we see just to end it off and I quote, thanks to this absorbing ability and its innate thinness, the team says that titanium carbonitride could be used to wrap components individually in a device, preventing them from interfering with mm. each other, even in close proximity, end quote. Dude. If, yeah. I think we just stumbled upon something even deeper because when I saw that word sprayable antennas up there, if you scroll up a little further, oh, yeah, I looked, yeah. I just Googled that and they're talking about how they can spray trees with this like sprayable titanium carbide 
and turn a tree into a, a 5G antenna tower. So essentially, oh, like, yeah, like, so it says here, it says ultra thin spray applied Maxine antennas. It's spelled M X E N E. Um, new antennas so thin that they can be sprayed into place are also robust enough to provide a strong signal at bandwidths that will be used by fifth generation mobile devices, aka 5G mobile devices. Performance results for the antennas, which are made from a new type of two de- two-dimensional material called Maxine, M-X-E-N-E, the M and the X being capitalized, were recently reported by researchers at Drexel University and could have ramifications for mobile, wearable, or connected Internet of Things technology. So basically now they have this spray paint that they can use. Yeah. I mean, wow. Like, who would have thought that the, the titanium just in our little chat would have brought us to this point i mean i'm not i'm not totally pressed for time i know you said you have something to do at five i think i have another interview at five as well funny enough but oh we got time i I still have don't get me wrong brother i I still got time i mean i I don't mean to interrupt you the next thing i'm thinking of is what's being fed in the into the predictive programming angle Mm. of things in hollywood which is particularly within the space films, have you ever noticed recently, whether it's Netflix films or movies at theaters, you ever notice that human astronauts, whether it's an alien film or not, if it has to do with space in general, they will spray something like the, the repairman of a space crew when he's Mm. inside or outside, inside or outside of the craft, regardless, he would spray, he or she would spray something to fix, say like a pipe. And then that spray would manifest into a physical material and then mold itself around what it's got to hold together. Right. Do you, you know what I'm speaking on? Sort of, again, maybe we could tie this into black goo, possibly some element of it using titanium and some type of synthetic form, I guess you could say of, again, I don't want to say AI because it's being used so, so broadly these days. But again, it, like you mentioned 5G, I know we have to be careful of that because of YouTube. I mean, in terms of connecting that to certain things but i nothing wrong with bringing up titanium and 5g especially when it's cited by drexel university i mean like yeah this is this is big stuff Mm. this is no anything else on on your end by by chance because that's that's a great revelation yeah it looks like they have the the way that they look it's like a little circuit board with a, a tab coming out of the bottom side of it and it's like sprayed black so it's, let me uh, it's, for those watching on YouTube. Yeah, you got the same one as me. Cool. So yeah, this is this is what they're going to be rolling out. It seems like that's like a test sort of technology there, but I mean, dude, think about the applications of a spray-on uh, antenna. I mean, yeah, like that yep. is in, incredible. And <laughs> I mean, you can just go and see in cities like how how already the energy is like thick you know if you i don't know if you're near a big city but like i'm not too far from new york city and anytime i go there i'm always very drained after i'm like on my way back and and uh, it takes like a couple days to kind of recuperate and i don't exactly live in the middle of the woods where i'm at but at the same time if we're gonna look at the, the spectrum there's a yes. much higher volume of that kind of energy in a city than there is in a suburb or even further in a rural setting. So, wow. I mean, and to think that now they can just spray this stuff anywhere and yep. it would, 
you know, essentially be like points on their grid. Like they could just, I mean, essentially maybe even spray our rooftops with this crap, you know, right. rooftops yeah. and like spray it from the sky. I mean, geez, it's just, it's incredible. Like, you know, not to go into like the chemtrail stuff. Cause I definitely, we've talked about uh, that on the show with the Matt Landman, but the, yep. the chemtrails are, you know, it doesn't seem that far-fetched that they might spray something like this in the air especially given what we know about how durable titanium is so right yes i mean if we look here as well and i quote their performance exceeded pertaining to that of what we're seeing what we were just uh, speaking on their performance exceeded that of several other new materials being considered for antennas including silver ink carbon nanotubes and graphene and mm. significantly these performance numbers did not waver when the m how do we pronounce it m zine mx they said it's pronounced maxine like the or name maxine. like the female name maxine Oh, got you. Thank you. It did not waver when the Maxine antennas were subjected to as many as 5,000 bending cycles, a mark of durability that far surpasses its pure materials, end quote. So again, not to dismiss graphene as said here, mentioned here and say, oh, you know, all of a sudden this Maxine material is better. But if we look at going back to, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes ago, the composition of titanium being the springboard, not just for these ETs, but even for, again, for humans, I can't help but think that using things like or applying methods of, you know, the Fibonacci sequence or fractal patterns, things like that, regardless of who's making this material, whether for what purpose, whether it's for human use, alien use, whatever, all these living things in, in all these different galaxies are using it for, the consistency is that the starting point is ti titanium. Mm. That's what seems to be the case. Yeah. Um, I, I could I could be wrong, but again, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, this is great. <laughs> well, fine, and brother. you know, wow. yeah, and I'm not even going to say it, but I, because of the bullshit censorship, but I mean, Maxine rhymes with what? Yeah, you know, it, I'm not anti-Max. I'm anti. You know, it's like it doesn't right. it doesn't surprise me that they do something like this. And then also, you know, I've I've spoken to several people about the graphene topic, and you know, in my opinion some of them seem a little weird like straight up yeah. weird and i've dealt with a lot of people in this conspiracy podcasting and the people who are going out and i don't want to name names but the people who are going out on this graphene topic are a little sketchy in my opinion and it's like that's what they do they throw like a, a diversion out there like graphene while this maxine stuff is really the you know actual what they're going to be rolling out you that's know? a brother. That's a great perspective to take. I couldn't agree with you more because again, everyone's talking about graphene, even the mainstream media, not as much as, you know, people in our community with, with delving into graphene oxide and things like that. But like you said, to, to give a little bit of the truth to, again, that example of the shack, you, you have a bunch of uh, secrets hidden in a shack and someone finds it. So you give up some secrets to protect the rest. That seems to be applied right here pertaining to graphene, the evolution of it. But at the same time, like you just said, it could be a diversion from something or maybe literally Maxine. You know, we see here, and I quote, um, in the paper, Gogotsky and his collaborators, blah, blah, including blah, 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 blah. Um, 
let me see, reported on the performance of three sets of spray-coated Maxine antennas, which were between 7 to 14 times thinner and 15 to 30 times lighter than a similar copper antenna. Even thinner than a coat of paint, they tested the antennas in both lab and open environments for key performance measures of how efficiently the antenna uh, converts power into directed waves, gain radiation efficiency and directivity. And they did the testing at the three radio frequencies commonly used for telecommunication, including one in the target frequency of operation for 5G devices. Now, again, I got to be end quote. I got to be careful there. But, you know, how convenient, if you will. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, it, like you said, a diversion, I would not rule that out whatsoever. Wow. Yeah, man. And Drexel of all places to be doing this. I mean, they are. Yeah. Their their symbol is a dragon. They're in mysterious Philadelphia. And to bring Columbus back up, both Philadelphia and Columbus, where you said this titanium is being developed, right? Um, They're both on the 40th parallel, which, you know, I do another podcast with Michael Wan and him and a guy named Ross Ben have a podcast called From the 40th Parallel. And they talk about all the weird, strange conspiracies that connect to the 40th parallel that goes around the globe. And, you know, it's not just in the United States. The 40th parallel crosses like most of the uh the landmass in the earth i think out of all of the latitude lines it probably covers more earth than any other just because of its uh, location where like asia kind of is with russia and all but yeah it's it's very strange to to see that connected in this whole thing as well because you know according to a lot of what mike and ross ben research they use these energetic places we talked about ley lines in our first podcast together they use these energetic places to add power power to whatever they're doing whether that's in their business in their ritual in their private lives they have an understanding of the way the physics the metaphysics are actually and they keep us in a state of ignorance in order for them to be a couple steps ahead and we see this with the alien thing it's like well they've been dealing with aliens since the 40s and and now in 2020 they're like oh well we're going to we're going to yeah yeah i I know exactly what you're saying so here we are now you know finding all these weird connections and yeah man i i've not i've not heard of maxine before but when I first heard of graphene, you know, if this isn't in conjunction with it, it's at least the sort of like Trojan horse, you know, graphene's the Trojan horse for Maxine, right? Like, we'll let them know about graphene, but don't tell them about Maxine. Like, not until it's sprayed. <laughs> Once it's sprayed, and then, and then, then we'll tell them. By accident, or if, you know, it time it is time for it to be revealed to the public in some variation of deceit still they'll say no no no. but look we've had the reports out for how many years now right and they'll, they'll probably cite exactly the same website that we were just reading from exactly and know? be like oh and well then, what you didn't notice while all the riots and the pandemic was going on we we told everybody it was right out yep. there you know behind those huge headlines about george floyd Exactly, <laughs> brother. I I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. Other than that, unfortunately, I probably do have to get going. Just no worries, this, dude. The, yeah, this is this a good episode one. Episode file compresses and everything. But is there, a, please, if you can tell my audience, as per usual, how and where they can find you, and and of course, your information will be in the description of uh, the YouTube uh, videos as well. Right on. Yeah. Well, I am on YouTube, even though I've gotten a couple strikes already. I've only put been posting my oh. podcasts on there for like. 
a month and I use my audio host. It like automatically uploads the audio files for the, my family thinks I'm crazy podcast to YouTube. And already two of my episodes, one with the James from we, the people radio, uh, which was I expected. Cause we talked about QAnon. We talked about Trump. We talked about all kinds of stuff that okay. YouTube wants to censor. But then curiously enough, episode titled mystic, deserts <laughs> and like what? some other things with Corey Daniels where we did talk about Trump, but we didn't talk about Q at all. And they removed that one too. And I have a strike on my channel. So I'm not really looking to promote my YouTube, but I will clear that up. So if you sure. are against censorship, like I am, listen to my show on a podcast player. You probably already are. If you're listening to the, the my family thinks I'm crazy podcast or the generation Z podcast. Uh, so follow me there. And then I have a rock fin. If you do like the video content, that's where I've been putting my video content. And unfortunately, like YouTube and Patreon are tied together and Vimeo costs money. So it's like, you know, I kind of am screwed out of putting videos on my Patreon if if you blocks me, right? If they give me strikes, mm. then for a week I can't post anything and so on, yada, yada, yada. So, right. so I'm just yeah. looking to create my audience some, you know, or create, but push push the audience that listens to my show. Those right. of you who I'm very grateful for, please support me on Rockfin where I'm not going to get censored. And then, and then yeah, just the good old fashioned podcasting feed. My family thinks I'm crazy. Awesome brother. As always, this was phenomenal. I look for, and I'm sure not just myself, but the audience, whether it's vi the visual side or the audio side, look forward to the next episode yeah. and we'll catch uh, everybody uh, later on. Cheers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.